Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Sprinkler Nerd Show. I'm your host, Andy Humphrey, and I am very excited for today's episode because today's episode is going to be a little bit different. We're going to talk about copy. That means website copy, email copy, the language that you use when you communicate with your customers. And when I started this podcast, I wanted to not only provide irrigation technology tips and irrigation best practices and interview lots of irrigation professionals, but I also wanted to provide valuable business information that you can use to help your business, whether that is estimating or sales or marketing, accounting, and that sort of thing. And today I have a special guest, Leanna Patch. She is a professional copywriter, and she is actually someone that I have hired myself and someone that I think you are going to find very valuable. So before we get started, I wanted to share one of the examples that Leanna created for us. One example of an order confirmation email that is sent out to our customers after their first purchase. And the subject of the email and the title of the email is called, We're Freaking Out Over Here. And I'll read you the body of the email. It says, Dear customer, do you have any idea what just happened? For years, we've been working day and night to get you to notice us. If we could only get them to place an order, we thought, we could totally blow their mind. And now, it's finally happened. You did it, John. The whole team is celebrating out here. We're thrilled you're here. Thank you. Signed, Denny and the whole dang team. So that's just one example of creative copy that we've implemented in our business. And I wanted to use that as a segue into this episode so you could get a feel for the type of copy that Leanna creates and what she might be able to do to help your business as well. So without further ado, let's jump right into this episode. If you are an irrigation professional, old or new, who designs, installs, or maintains high-end residential, commercial, or municipal properties, and you want to use technology to improve your business, to get a leg up on your competition, even if you're an old-school irrigator from the days of hydraulic systems, this show is for you. Leanna, welcome to the Sprinkler Nerd Show. Glad to have you today. Thank you for having me on this very niche and very cool show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you and I met about a year ago, and uh, I'll let you tell some of your story, but we met at an e-commerce conference that is for store owners that sell at least a million dollars online, and you were presenting about copy. And I'll just tell you that like within the first 30 seconds, I was like, I got to hire her. She, this is exactly <laughs> what I need for my business. Yay. It was very encouraging to have you, I think, in the first or second row, because you're always looking for someone who's smiling back at you, kind of throws off your game to make eye contact with someone who's just sort of grimacing through the whole thing. So I appreciated that. Awesome. Well, thank you. <laughs> and for me, in my own business, I've always avoided content because I don't like to write. And so I'm much more of a visual communicator. And if somebody emails me, I would sort of rather just pick up the phone and call them. And so historically, I'd, I'd kind of avoided content writing and focused on like landing pages and things visual to catch people. 
And so Mm -hmm. listening to you talk about using copy as a way to provide interest and value to your customers and maybe even create your own voice and make yourself stand out, I sort of thought, wow, I could use all of that in our business, the Sprinkler Supply Store. Yeah. And so we hired you and you've helped us a ton. And you've also helped us feel, I would say, confident using our voice and okay not sounding like traditional corporate company that sends an email. We have received your order. Your order number is one, two, three, four, five, six. You know, very robotic. You've encouraged and enabled us to be who we want to be and who we are. And I thought that our audience being primarily lawn, landscape, and irrigation professionals, and in this particular episode, probably tailored more towards the owner, I thought that, you know, there is probably a lot of these same similarities that a service-based business could use in their own business, not just an e-commerce or a digital marketer. And so that was a premise for this and kind of the reason I wanted to have you on the show. And I thought that our audience would have a lot of value from it. I hope so. If they don't, they should not tell either of us. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So one thing that you just said was that I enabled you guys to have this voice And that's something that I've been noodling on, like the idea of being given permission. And I feel like that's something that I do, whether I'm working uh, with a store or with a software company or the service business, just having someone say like, hey, people work with you for you. You should be more of you in your marketing. It's, It's kind of like this gate opening saying like, okay, well, someone else is validating this. Like maybe you thought about doing this all along, but uh, that idea of permission is surprisingly powerful, I think. Yeah, I think it's something I hadn't thought much about, but I think it was something that was holding maybe me back personally was this maybe fear of either being myself or fear of being different until there was someone, you, that was like, nope, that's exactly what you want to do. Be different. Yeah, especially in an industry where everything is kind of the same, which is tons of different industries, not throwing shade here. Although shade is great for grass, I hear. Uh, No, okay. None of those jokes, Leanna. (laughs) In an industry where everything is kind of the same tone, being the one that is different is definitely going to bring you more business. Yeah, yeah. Let's go back a little bit. And can you tell us how you got into doing what you're doing? Yeah, I was actually given permission myself. So I've been writing professionally for 10 years and I was kind of burned out. I was doing a lot of magazine editing, a lot of actually copy editing too. And I was just about to quit and go back to work for someone else. And I joined a mastermind with Joanna Weeb, who is like the original conversion copywriter, pretty well-known and respected. And I had started doing improv and stand-up and I was talking to her about that. And I was like, I love this so much. And I feel there are so many similarities between, especially the structure of improv and good copywriting. You know, I wish there was some way I could combine this. And she was like, well, why don't you? <laughs> so I did. And that was, I think, four-ish years ago. And so ever since then, I've focused on, you know, studying humor, seeing how humor works in the brain, how we can apply it to the things we want to happen in our readers' brains when they come to know us through copy. Like, how do we build a relationship? How do we make people feel comfortable and and build trust? And humor can do that. Yeah, excellent. And I was just thinking, you know, relationship is key. You know, relationships definitely beat algorithms, as George Bryant likes to say. And I think that for, you know, I'm going to try to keep this in the the realm of a service-based business. You know, it all does start with a relationship, whether that's in the first five seconds of meeting someone or over 20 years of knowing someone. And with relationship comes the next thing you said is that trust factor. 
And I think both of those are very much the key to a successful service business and both of which influence price. Yeah, for sure. I think in the service business, it's almost easier because you're familiar with the rapport that you have one-on-one with customers. You're not used to sitting behind a screen as much as you are if you're working with an online store or maybe software. So you probably already know the things about yourself that tend to put people at ease or the kinds of jokes that you make, you know, if you might meet a new client in person for the first time. And there's not this continuity between personality and personality in copy. And I think that should be more strongly connected. Yeah. Yeah. Personality. That's right. So, and again, I sort of relate all of this to some extent to price because in, let's say the irrigation industry, but also landscape and other service-based industries, it does seem that not just owners, but we all sort of lower your price to win a project or lower your price to do the work. Instead of thinking of all the things that build value. And if you're going to build value, you need a relationship, you need trust. And I think using this copy Even in simple things like if somebody signs up with a contractor for an estimate, you know, maybe that's when an email flow starts that provides value, but written in the voice of a customer. So maybe just trying to think of a good segue here where we might be able to go towards, you know, what would be the first step a service company might use to, you know, start bringing in some unique copy into their business. Oh man, I like the idea of that post estimate email flow, because I feel like if that exists, it's probably very like wrote, maybe it's very short and maybe it's just like, here's the email copy of your estimate. Give us a call if you have any questions. And there's that opportunity for education over the course of days or weeks, depending on how long it takes that contract to close. And that's how, you know, you continue to build that relationship with them. Whereas the other guys are just sending the one-off proposal. So of course they end up wanting to pay more for your service because they've learned more from you. They get excited to see your name in their inbox uh, and they, they think like, oh, this person's going to be honest with me. You know, if something goes wrong on this project or if something, if the price has to change because we need new materials or whatever it is, uh, I can trust this person not to, to screw me over basically. So I, I think that post estimate email flow is a great place to start. And the way to build that, you know, you don't have to sit down and blue sky it or white blank page it or whatever colored noun metaphor you want. You already know the kinds of questions and FAQs that people go through before they're comfortable buying with you. And if you don't know, you can probably just have a sales call transcribed or take notes of the kinds of questions people are asking during your next meeting. And then that's your flow right there. That's everything they need to know, probably in the right order. Gotcha. So really thinking about questions the customer has and then really answering them all up front, which is almost like getting in their mind before they know it needs to be in their mind. Yeah. And I think the the way that I try to put a, a more humorous spin on that, knowing that you know we're sending this to their inbox and it's crowded uh, and they might not really want to look at emails right now. You know, you want to come from this place of my impulse is to not just inform, but delight. So like, how do we make every moment of this email helpful and delightful? And that's where you join the conversation in someone's head. And you might start the email by saying, look, I know you don't expect to get friendly emails from your irrigation specialist or your lawn service company, but buckle up because that's what we're doing. And I think you're going to like it, you know, something like addressing objections and then getting into the value giving so that you know, you're not saying like, hello, here is information that we think you will like, and it's not really about them. 
Yeah, because then the customer is just going to go delete, 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 delete. And they're going to think, man, Joe's lawn service emails me every week. And I just delete, delete. <laughs> Where's unsubscribe? How do I unsubscribe? <laughs> and one thing I should mention is that it's so important to get that explicit opt-in to your email list. So if someone's trying to get a quote from you, you should have a very clear checkbox or radio button or whatever it is that says, yes, I also want to receive fun, informative emails from Joe's Lawn Service. Because I actually submitted a quote for a lawn service here in New Orleans last year, and I did not check that box and they sent me emails anyway. And that is the worst way to start a relationship with the person who is not going to be your customer. Right. That is a good point. And that's actually something that I've changed my mind about recently. In terms of it is not the volume of customers on your email list, it's the quality yeah. of customers on your email list. So it'd be better to have 50 that love you than 5,000 that everybody deletes. And so you really want to go for open rate uh, and that sort of conversion so that people that are getting your emails want it. And, and if you just email everyone, that's not cool and it's not going to work well with your email provider either if your yeah. rates are really low. Yeah, that's that gets into issues of what quote unquote list health and whether you have a ton of unengaged subscribers or a high marked as spam rate. So it's it's really important to go through and regularly purge people, like try to win them back, you know, say, hey, you've been on the list for a while, you haven't opened in six months. Are we not helpful for you anymore? Do you want to unsubscribe? If not, we're just going to go ahead and unsubscribe you. And that tells your email service provider that you are really taking care of people and it costs less to pay for fewer subscribers. So it's kind of a win for everybody. Yes. And then when you do have higher open rates, you have better deliverability. It's like a mix of technical and touchy-feely. Yeah, that's a good point. I think where I was sort of coming from in, in our mind, we had this big list and we were on email service provider A, which didn't really charge per list size. It was more charging percents. And then we switched to email provider B and they were charging per list size. Mm -hmm. And so I had a minor heart attack because I looked at what our potential bill would be and went, man, for the same list size, this other email provider, it's like 10 times the cost. And it wasn't until I realized that, you know what, I need to shrink my email list because I only want good customers on this email list that changed my mindset. Yeah. So I know we're a little bit in the weeds, but for all of you listening, <laughs> it'd be better to have a hundred people with a hundred people opening than 10,000 customers with still only a hundred people opening. Yep. Preach. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> How did you go about pruning your list? I'm going to turn the microphone back around on you, point it at your face. Yeah, we did it based on order recency mm -hmm. and as, as a piece of it. So we did order recency and then we did sort of email recency. So people that had, I don't remember the exact metric, but it was, let's say people that had ordered within the last nine months and or people that had opened an email from us in the last nine months. Okay. Yeah. And you kept all those people and got rid of everyone else? Correct. Kept, got rid of everyone else. We still have them, but they're sort of in a deactivated mm -hmm. folder, if you will, so that we're not charged by the email service provider. Okay. And it's likely some of those people have come back and they're now, their email has, you know, moved into the active campaign just by default right. because now their order recency is recent. Yeah. That makes sense. I like that. And you can always keep them around if you decide to do like a re-engagement campaign. Like we talked about a few minutes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And so we do have some of those running to the traditional win backs. If somebody hasn't purchased something for a certain period of time, they start to fall into our win back until we decide that we haven't won them back. And then that particular address <laughs> is moved to the deactivated folder and we won't bother them anymore with stuff they're not reading anyway. Yeah. 
And then you have a tiny Viking funeral for them and light their email address on fire and push it across a, a sink full of water. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'm again, I'm thinking of the next question I want to ask you. And I'm thinking in the mind of the service contractor, yeah. as well as what is in my mind when I go look for a service, I typically visit the homepage of the website. I typically visit the about us section of the website. And then I'll look at the services that are offered and potentially the price. However, on service-based businesses, price is not usually listed. So I think it's those three things, homepage, about us, and services. Mm -hmm. And so what could a service contractor do on those three pages or how should they go about rethinking their content on those three pages? Well, one easy way to get some insights on what may or may not be working is to have somebody else go through copy and record their screen. So I, I know you've done this. It's called user testing. And you just have someone sit and record and just, you might even just ask them, hey, is it clear what we're selling? You know, what questions do you come up with as you read through the homepage, as you go to the about page? Do we seem trustworthy? Do you know who's behind this business? Would you buy from us? And you don't have to necessarily have somebody who would be your target customer doing this. You don't want an expert, right? You don't want like a user interface expert doing this right now. You just want like the average Joe going through and saying, like, if you were looking for lawn services, would you consider buying from us? Why or why not? So that can be a really interesting way to get some insights and find out things that you don't know are missing or things that aren't coming across. And I find one of the trickiest places for people to get right is just the very top of the homepage the uh, unique value proposition. So that's where you explain who you are, what you do, and who it's for, and hopefully why they should care. So that's a lot to cram into like two lines of headline, probably at the most. And they can be longer. You don't have to limit yourself just based on length. But if you're reading through your headline and it's like Joe's Lawn Service, okay, that's, that's who you are but it's not about who it's for or why they should care. So you might start to experiment with more customer-focused headlines like tired of looking out your window at the jungle in your backyard, you know, and then this is where local marketing comes in. Put the town name in or put the city name in or the, you know, if you have a larger area that you work in, put that area name so that they have that confirmation reading that it's for them. Yes, I love that. This is stuff that none of this website I was visiting did. <laughs> Actually, maybe they did New Orleans Lawn Care. And I was like, this is good. Okay, I trust them. And then they just immediately, oh, I have a grudge. <laughs> I'm holding a grudge. And I think that many websites, not just in this irrigation and lawn landscape industry, use templates mm -hmm. and templated text. And most people want to say something like, this is Joe's Lawn Service started by Joe in 1989 yeah. after three years of working in here. And Joe has been providing quality care to customers in the region. Nailed it. And okay, that's fine, but it doesn't make you go, oh, that's really cool. Or I trust these guys. Yeah. Or this is for me. Yeah. And that's another thing that I find is a very common issue with copy written that way. It's actually all about the person writing it, which is very boring to the person reading it. So super simple, at least to me, fix is to go through and say everywhere I've used the words I or we, how do we turn that into a sentence about you, the reader? And, and that puts you in the tricky position of having to start with someone's pains. Like we said, you know, look out the window at the jungle in your backyard. Like what other problems are you solving for this customer? And that's usually a really solid place to start your copy. And then later on, once you've earned their trust, maybe further down the about page, you can say, by the way, the people behind this company that you're about to hire are Joe and his team. They've been doing this for 
way longer than grass has been growing or whatever it is. And <laughs> hopefully not that long. But once you've earned that, like, and shown them that you understand where they are, then you can talk a little more about yourself. Yes. And I think that even having something a sort of tongue in cheek, like you just said, doing this long <laughs> and the grass has been growing. If the customer is researching 10 companies to choose from, the other nine are going to look more or less almost identical by their websites. And this one guy, Joe, who's been doing it longer than grass has been growing, actually has a voice and has some humor and is sounds yeah. to maybe be lighthearted and you know can stand out. And you can imagine him showing up at your front door, shaking your hand and you immediately feeling at ease versus these other people who like, I'm a person who hires people all the time and I hate those awkward interactions where you're like, oh, you can't make eye contact. Like this, we're just gonna be very stilted. I don't have time for that. Like I'd love every interaction with every human to be joyful and, and comfortable. And you know, if you can show people that you are that way, even if they're not that way, you can put them at ease, then that's just another reason they'll give you their business. Yeah, absolutely. So that's great going down through the homepage, kind of starting with that who, what, why, who, and who is it for? And I really like the the idea of switching the eyes and the we's over to yeah. you because if you're researching a company, you're not doing it for their benefit. You're doing it for your benefit. So they need to speak to you, not to Right, them. yeah. It's very cool to talk about how long you've been in business, but I don't care. I just want to know if you can take care of my yard. <laughs> and just because you've been in business a long time does not have anything to do with how good yeah. you are or if you're yeah. the best. I, you can be the best guy out there yeah. that started last week. It's occurring to me now. Also, this is kind of off topic, but how fun and funny would it be to have like a before and after close-up photo of grass on the site, like, look at this amazing change. And it's just like grass and then short grass. I don't know. Y'all can have that idea for free. <laughs> yeah. Please somebody do that. Yeah. <laughs> I would just love to see a contractor embrace what we're talking about and take their old website, which is boring, and just yeah. spruce up the copy and want to learn about emails and how to talk to somebody and come up with their own voice based on their experiences with all their customers and answering their questions and really turning what they do into real value and saying, nope, here's what I charge. And you know what? My customers love me. And you know what? If a new customer's not willing to pay it, that's okay. There's other people that are and not have to sort of succumb to the, this yeah. is a really competitive market. Everyone's just really low bid price around here. And it's, you know, and that's part of why I'm trying to produce this podcast is just to add almost like support to contractors. It's okay to charge more and let's figure it out together. And hearing, you know, what you do is just part of this process of figuring out how to add value, be different, stand out and, and charge for it. And that kind of makes me think of the, the user research process that should inform a lot of this copy. Like if you're a service-based business, you know your people, you might not have to do as much of this. But one thing that I found really valuable, especially in competitive industries, is to take a hard look at your customer list, figure out who's like an A customer, B customer, and C customer. And A customers are the ones that like love what you do. Always a pleasure to work from them. They're understanding if there's a problem. They are happy to pay your rate and figure out what those people have in common. And better yet, you know, reach out to them and say like, hey, I'm just curious, you know, why did you choose me in the beginning? What do you enjoy about working together? You know, what stood out about me to you? And like, they will tell you your unique differentiators and what made them attracted to you so that you can put those into your marketing materials and attract more of only those eight customers and not waste your time just throwing a wider net and ending up with people that are always haggling or canceling service and restarting, whatever. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just thinking that let's say it's an A customer. It may not be because the A customer is rich and they can afford you. It could be something small. Like every time Joe comes over, Joe, I just love that you know enough to take your Mm -hmm. shoes off when you come in the house. And he's like, oh, really? That mattered to you? That's pretty cool. Maybe I should incorporate, you know, something uh, humorous about that into my copy so that other customers like you know that ahead of time. Like I won't let the dog out of the yard or I won't step on your tulip bulbs or whatever. (laughs) Uh, Just like I'm paying attention to these very specific things that you as the homeowner care about, but you wouldn't think that I would notice. Right. I'll make sure to smile (laughs) at the camera when I ring the doorbell. That's, yeah. (laughs) Or the ring camera. (laughs) Yeah. I don't have one of those, but I do have, I have one in my driveway. And so it's always just like, there's never a person. It's just alerting me when like the trash can blows open. I'm like, ah, there's someone in the driveway. No, it's just a trash can. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Do you have any either interesting stories or unique stories with working with other clients, you know, not in this field, but just in general that stand out to you? You know, the one that comes to mind first a lot is not a similar field, but it is water-based. Uh, <laughs> I think you've probably heard me tell the story, but um, the client is a software that helps industrial and manufacturing facilities measure basically allowed levels of pollutants in their stormwater runoff and like stay compliant. And that's such a niche. It's a crazy dry industry for being, you know, water related. And I worked with them for a while to do these monthly emails. And they were just kind of a roundup of stormwater and compliance news from all over the US, mostly in the Pacific Northwest. They're in California now. And we wrote them in this kind of fun, entertaining way. So like bullets of news, we'd make a lot of puns, we'd use some emojis, we'd illustrate our emotions with funny gifts. People would regularly write back and be like, I look forward to this stormwater news roundup every week. That's the best thing in my inbox. When you give your people what they're looking for, they are so grateful and loyal and it doesn't have to be for everyone else. So that's what, that's a lesson that I keep. And you're like, dude, this is, this is stormwater. <laughs> people love it. And they have this conference they started doing. I think they sold out both years that they've done it because they, they're bringing more human into their subject. That's awesome. That's awesome. So if there's a lawn or landscape or irrigation professional out there, that's like, I don't think my customers really care to hear from me all the time. Yeah. We could kind of say bullshit. It's just, they have to think creatively about how to do it. And if they did, it could almost be a form of referral. So I know from a lot of contractors that their best or only form of marketing is a referral when one of their customers tells somebody else. But if one of their customers forwards an email to someone else, that is a possible referral. And you can even put that into the bottom of your emails. Like, Hey, if this email made you chuckle or you learned something, you know, we're always accepting new customers, like go ahead and forward this. People have to be told what to do. So I always tell them to, yeah. Oh, good point. Well, this has been awesome. Thanks for adding all these tips. I think (laughs) this is a little bit out of the box for most contractors, which is my goal. I want to try to provide some value that's not the same old, same old. And if uh, somebody wants to learn more about you or get a hold of you, how can they do that? They can find me at punchlinecopy.com or at snapcopy.co. Awesome. And traditionally, how do you prefer to work with new clients? Usually people will get in touch with an email or through the little chat form on my site and I'll have them tell me a little bit more about their project. And if it seems like something I would be good at and I can help with, then we'll hop on a call to talk more about it. And if it seems like, oh, I can't do that, you know, I'm booking a few months out right now, or this isn't really my wheelhouse, I'll refer them to someone else that I trust. 
Okay. Awesome. And I would say that if there's somebody listening that is interested, I would love to have one of you as a listener reach out to Leanna, hire her, and then maybe we can tell your story on the podcast of how you invested in copy, telling people in a different, better way about how you do what you do and if it has affected your business. So if you're listening and you want to be a case study, reach out to Leanna and let's do this. Let's see if we can... uh, make some change in the lawn and landscape industry. Make it rain, if you will. Yes, let's make it rain. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Awesome. Well, this has been so much fun, Leanna. Thank you so much. And we'll see you soon. Thank you, Andy. This was awesome. Awesome. Hope you guys liked hearing from Leanna. And I hope you liked her creativity, her sense of humor. And I hope she gave you a couple things to think about in your business. It is easy to get wrapped up in the day to day and think about all of the supplies you need to buy and the places you need to go and the employees you need to keep track of. And while we are still in winter, this would be a good time to take a look at your website take a look at the homepage, review the About Us page, and think about ways that you can stand out from your competition. Think about how you may sound to your customers who don't know you. Think about the message that you want to portray to your customers and use this winter slow downtime as a chance to rewrite some of those sections. If you'd like to reach out to me, I'd be happy to point you in the right direction or provide some guidance of my own. You can reach me at Andy at sprinklernerd.com. And if you haven't already joined our Facebook group, head on over to Facebook and look for Sprinkler Nerd. That's the private community where we can interact behind closed doors and share our business tips and strategies together in an open and fun environment. And please let us know what you think of this episode, if this was able to provide you with some value, if you'd like to hear more of these types of interviews, or if you'd like to stick more with the plain Jane irrigation sprays and rotors on different zones types of content. And I think that is probably going to wrap this up. So until the next time, happy sprinkling, and we'll talk to you then.